part three chapter two section one of under western eyes by joseph conrad this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatria in bangor maine part three chapter two section one the egeria of the russian mazzini produced at first view a strong effect by the death-like immobility of an obviously painted face the eyes appeared extraordinarily brilliant the figure in a close-fitting dress admirably made but by no means fresh had an elegant stiffness the rasping voice inviting him to sit down the rigidity of the upright attitude with one arm extended along the back of the sofa the white gleam of the big eyeballs setting off the black fathomless stare of the enlarged pupils impressed razumov more than anything he had seen since his hasty and secret departure from st petersburg a witch in parisian clothes he thought a portent he actually hesitated in his advance and did not even comprehend at first what the rasping voice was saying sit down draw your chair nearer me there he sat down at close quarters the rouged cheekbones the wrinkles the fine lines on each side of the vivid lips astounded him he was being received graciously with a smile which made him think of a grinning skull we have been hearing about you for some time he did not know what to say and murmured some disconnected words the grinning skull effect vanished and do you know that the general complaint is that you have shown yourself very reserved everywhere razumov remained silent for a time thinking of his answer i don't you see am a man of action he said huskily glancing upwards peter ivanovitch stood in portentous expectant silence by the side of his chair a slight feeling of nausea came over razumov what could be the relations of these two people to each other she like a galvanized corpse out of some hoffman's tale he the preacher of feminist gospel for all the world and a super-revolutionist besides this ancient painted mummy with unfathomable eyes and this burly bull-necked deferential what was it witchcraft fascination it's for her money he thought she has millions the walls the floor of the room were bare like a barn the few pieces of furniture had been discovered in the garrets and dragged down into service without having been properly dusted even it was the refuse the banker's widow had left behind her the windows without curtains had an indigent sleepless look in two of them the dirty yellowy white blinds had been pulled down all this spoke not of poverty but of sordid penuriousness the hoarse voice on the sofa uttered angrily you are looking round kirylo sidorovitch i have been shamefully robbed positively ruined a rattling laugh which seemed beyond her control interrupted her for a moment a slavish nature would find consolation in the fact that the principal robber was an exalted and almost a sacrosanct person a grand duke in fact do you understand mr razumov a grand duke no you have no idea what thieves those people are downright thieves her bosom heaved but her left arm remained rigidly extended along the back of the couch you will only upset yourself breathed out a deep voice which to razumov's startled glance seemed to proceed from under the steady spectacles of peter ivanovitch rather than from his lips which had hardly moved what of that i say thieves voleurs voleurs razumov was quite confounded by this unexpected clamour which had in it something of wailing and croaking and more than a suspicion of hysteria voleurs 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 
no power on earth can rob you of your genius shouted peter ivanovitch in an overpowering bass but without stirring without a gesture of any kind a profound silence fell razumov remained outwardly impassive what is the meaning of this performance he was asking himself but with a preliminary sound of bumping outside some door behind him the lady companion in a threadbare black skirt and frayed blouse came in rapidly walking on her heels and carrying in both hands a big russian samovar obviously too heavy for her razumov made an instinctive movement to help which startled her so much that she nearly dropped her hissing burden she managed however to land it on the table and looked so frightened that razumov hastened to sit down she produced then from an adjacent room four glass tumblers a teapot and a sugar basin on a black iron tray the rasping voice asked from the sofa abruptly le gateau have you remembered to bring the cakes peter ivanovitch without a word marched out on to the landing and returned instantly with a parcel wrapped up in white glazed paper which he must have extracted from the interior of his hat with imperturbable gravity he undid the string and smoothed the paper open on a part of the table within reach of madame de s s hand the lady companion poured out the tea then retired into a distant corner out of everybody's sight from time to time madame de s extended a claw-like hand glittering with costly rings towards the paper of cakes took up one and devoured it displaying her big false teeth ghoulishly meantime she talked in a hoarse tone of the political situation in the balkans she built great hopes on some complication in the peninsula for arousing a great movement of national indignation in russia against these thieves 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 you will only upset yourself peter ivanovitch interposed raising his glassy gaze he smoked cigarettes and drank tea in silence continuously when he had finished a glass he flourished his hand above his shoulder at that signal the lady companion ensconced in her corner with round eyes like a watchful animal would dart out to the table and pour him out another tumblerful razumov looked at her once or twice she was anxious tremulous though neither madame de s nor peter ivanovitch paid the slightest attention to her what have they done between them to that forlorn creature razumov asked himself have they terrified her out of her senses with ghosts or simply have they only been beating her when she gave him his second glass of tea he noticed that her lips trembled in the manner of a scared person about to burst into speech but of course she said nothing and retired into her corner as if hugging to herself the smile of thanks he gave her she may be worth cultivating thought razumov suddenly he was calming down getting hold of the actuality into which he had been thrown for the first time perhaps since victor holden had entered his room and had gone out again he was distinctly aware of being the object of the famous or notorious madame de s s ghastly graciousness madame de s was pleased to discover that this young man was different from the other types of revolutionist members of committees secret emissaries vulgar and unmannerly fugitive professors rough students ex-cobblers with apostolic faces consumptive and ragged enthusiasts hebrew youths common fellows of all sorts that used to come and go around peter ivanovitch fanatics pedants proletarians all it was pleasant to talk to this young man of notably good appearance for madame de s was not always in a mystical state of mind razumov's taciturnity only excited her to a quicker more voluble utterance it still dealt with the balkans 
she knew all the statesmen of that region turks bulgarians montenegrins rumanians greeks armenians and nondescripts young and old the living and the dead with some money an intrigue could be started which would set the peninsula in a blaze and outrage the sentiment of the russian people a cry of abandoned brothers could be raised and then with the nation seething with indignation a couple of regiments or so would be enough to begin a military revolution in st petersburg and make an end of these thieves apparently i've got only to sit still and listen the silent razumov thought to himself as to that hairy and obscene brute in such terms did mr razumov refer mentally to the popular expounder of a feministic conception of social state as to him for all his cunning he too shall speak out some day razumov ceased to think for a moment then a sombre toned reflection formulated itself in his mind ironical and bitter i have the gift of inspiring confidence he heard himself laughing aloud it was like a goad to the painted shiny-eyed harridan on the sofa you may well laugh she cried hoarsely what else can one do perfect swindlers and what base swindlers at that cheap germans holstein gotorps though indeed it's hardly safe to say who and what they are a family that counts a creature like catherine the great in its ancestry you understand you are only upsetting yourself said peter ivanovitch patiently but in a firm tone this admonition had its usual effect on the egeria she dropped her thick discoloured eyelids and changed her position on the sofa all her angular and lifeless movements seemed completely automatic now that her eyes were closed presently she opened them very full peter ivanovitch drank tea steadily without haste well i declare she addressed razumov directly the people who have seen you on your way here are right you are very reserved you haven't said twenty words altogether since you came in you let nothing of your thoughts be seen in your face either i have been listening madame said razumov using french for the first time hesitatingly not being certain of his accent but it seemed to produce an excellent impression madame de s looked meaningly into peter ivanovitch's spectacles as if to convey her conviction of this young man's merit she even nodded the least bit in his direction and razumov heard her murmur under her breath the words later on in the diplomatic service which could not but refer to the favourable impression he had made the fantastic absurdity of it revolted him because it seemed to outrage his ruined hopes with the vision of a mock career peter ivanovitch impassive as though he were deaf drank some more tea razumov felt that he must say something yes he began deliberately as if uttering a meditated opinion clearly even in planning a purely military revolution the temper of the people should be taken into account you have understood me perfectly the discontent should be spiritualized that is what the ordinary heads of revolutionary committees will not understand they aren't capable of it for instance mordatiev was in geneva last month peter ivanovitch brought him here you know mordatiev yes you've heard of him they call him an eagle a hero he has never done half as much as you have never attempted not half madame de s agitated herself angularly on the sofa we of course talked to him and do you know what he said to me what have we to do with balkan intrigues we must simply extirpate the scoundrels extirpate is all very well but what then the imbecile i screamed at him but you must spiritualize don't you understand spiritualize the discontent she felt nervously in her pocket for a handkerchief she pressed it to her lips spiritualized said razumov interrogatively watching her heaving breast 
the long ends of an old black lace scarf she wore over her head slipped off her shoulders and hung down on each side of her ghastly rosy cheeks an odious creature she burst out again imagine a man who takes five lumps of sugar in his tea yes i said spiritualized how else can you make discontent effective and universal listen to this young man peter ivanovitch made himself heard solemnly effective and universal razumov looked at him suspiciously some say hunger will do that he remarked yes i know our people are starving in heaps but you can't make famine universal and it is not despair that we want to create there is no moral support to be got out of that it is indignation madame de s let her thin extended arm sink on her knees i am not a mordatiev began razumov Beyoncia, murmured madame de s though i too am ready to say extirpate extirpate but in my ignorance of political work permit me to ask a balkan well intrigue wouldn't that take a very long time peter ivanovitch got up and moved off quietly to stand with his face to the window razumov heard a door close he turned his head and perceived that the lady companion had scuttled out of the room in matters of politics i am a supernaturalist madame de s broke the silence harshly peter ivanovitch moved away from the window and struck razumov lightly on the shoulder this was a signal for leaving but at the same time he addressed madame de s in a peculiar reminding tone eleanor whatever it meant she did not seem to hear him she leaned back in the corner of the sofa like a wooden figure the immovable peevishness of the face framed in the limp rusty lace had a character of cruelty as to extirpating she croaked at the attentive razumov there is only one class in russia which must be extirpated only one and that class consists of only one family you understand me that one family must be extirpated her rigidity was frightful like the rigour of a corpse galvanised into harsh speech and glittering stare by the force of murderous hate the sight fascinated razumov yet he felt more self-possessed than at any other time since he had entered this weirdly bare room he was interested but the great feminist by his side again uttered his appeal eleanor she disregarded it her carmine lips vaticinated with an extraordinary rapidity the liberating spirit would use arms before which rivers would part like jordan and ramparts fall down like the walls of jericho the deliverance from bondage would be effected by plagues and by signs by wonders and by war the women eleanor she ceased she had heard him at last she pressed her hand to her forehead what is it ah yes that girl the sister of it was miss holden that she meant that young girl and her mother had been leading a very retired life they were provincial ladies were they not the mother had been very beautiful traces were left yet peter ivanovitch when he called there for the first time was greatly struck but the cold way they received him was really surprising he is one of our national glories madame de s cried out with sudden vehemence all the world listens to him i don't know these ladies said razumov loudly rising from his chair what are you saying kirylo sidorovitch i understand that she was talking to you here in the garden the other day yes in the garden said razumov gloomily then with an effort she made herself known to me and then ran away from us all madame de s continued with ghastly vivacity after coming to the very door what a peculiar proceeding well i have been a shy little provincial girl at one time yes razumov 
she fell into this familiarity intentionally with an appalling grimace of graciousness razumov gave a perceptible start yes that's my origin a simple provincial family you are a marvel peter ivanovitch uttered but it was to razumov that she gave her death's head smile her tone was quite imperious you must bring the wild young thing here she is wanted i reckon upon your success mind she is not a wild young thing muttered razumov in a surly voice well then that's all the same she may be one of these young conceited democrats do you know what i think i think she is very much like you in character there is a smouldering fire of scorn in you you are darkly self-sufficient but i can see your very soul her shiny eyes had a dry intense stare which missing razumov gave him an absurd notion that she was looking at something which was visible to her behind him he cursed himself for an impressionable fool and asked with forced calmness what is it you see anything resembling me she moved her rigidly set face from left to right negatively some sort of phantom in my image pursued razumov slowly for i suppose a soul when it is seen is just that a vain thing there are phantoms of the living as well as of the dead the tenseness of madame de s s stare had relaxed and now she looked at razumov in a silence that became disconcerting i myself have had an experience he stammered out as if compelled i've seen a phantom once the unnaturally red lips moved to frame a question harshly of a dead person no living a friend no an enemy i hated him ah it was not a woman then a woman repeated razumov his eyes looking straight into the eyes of madame de s why should it have been a woman and why this conclusion why should i not have been able to hate a woman as a matter of fact the idea of hating a woman was new to him at that moment he hated madame de s but it was not exactly hate it was more like the abhorrence that may be caused by a wooden or plaster figure of a repulsive kind she moved no more than if she were such a figure even her eyes whose unwinking stare plunged into his own though shining were lifeless as though they were as artificial as her teeth for the first time razumov became aware of a faint perfume but faint as it was it nauseated him exceedingly again peter ivanovitch tapped him lightly on the shoulder thereupon he bowed and was about to turn away when he received the unexpected favour of a bony inanimate hand extended to him with the two words in hoarse french au revoir he bowed over the skeleton hand and left the room escorted by the great man who made him go out first the voice from the sofa cried after them you remain here pierre certainly ma chère amie but he left the room with razumov shutting the door behind him the landing was prolonged into a bare corridor right and left desolate perspectives of white and gold decoration without a strip of carpet the very light pouring through a large window at the end seemed dusty and a solitary speck reposing on the balustrade of white marble the silk top hat of the great feminist asserted itself extremely black and glossy in all that crude whiteness end of part three chapter two section one Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.